hey, oh, let's let's take him in and just do that. That, you know, it's like, man, that it's like, come on, my soul, don't get shy. We rise up and praise the Lord. It's like, what would we say? What would we celebrate about him today? What would we offer? What would we offer? Just as we just like, just just as we just like would would take that out of a song and go, there's a praise in my heart. This is what it sounds like. This is what those words would sound like. This is what I, if he was sitting here in front of me today, if Jesus walked in the room and I could get his ear for just a minute, this is the thing I'd say. Do you know what? Mm, I gotta say this about you. What would we say? What would our heart have to praise Jesus for this morning? Let's, let's, just, let's just throw him out there. Let's just throw him out there. Um, this morning I woke up and I just had the lyrics um, of that song that um, is by David and Melissa Halsa and they have Naomi singing in it and she's just singing the lyrics over and over. I love you, I love you, I love you, I do. And it's just like my soul was singing that to him this morning and it's, it's like that was all that was on my mind and just in worship then I felt like he came down and he just kneeled right in front of me and I just grabbed his face and I was like just saying it to him I love you I love you I love you I do yeah yeah In that same song, there's actually another lyric where um, she sings, I can't outrun your love. And I'm just so thankful this morning for the, the patience and the perseverance of the love of God to constantly chase after us and pursue us and um, pursue a loving relationship with us in our chaos and in our brokenness. I'm just so grateful for that today and every day. but I'm just grateful that I don't have to be um, left wondering, you know, like I've got a God that speaks to me and when I've got big questions and, and I'm not sure. He just comes and brings truth and peace and I never have to be left wondering and sitting in fear or confusion. It's like, yeah, I just feel really grateful for that this morning. I'm so grateful for a God who is just so worthy of me. Um, yeah, like when he, I guess I just had a moment this week where it was like, oh, like when I fix my eyes on Jesus, I just am willing to just give everything. And um, yeah, I'm just, he's so worthy. I just, that's kind of my thing for the week is like, he's just so worthy of my yes. And he's so worthy of me laying down my own thing to to just fix my eyes on him and to do the things that help me fix my eyes on him more. And, um, yeah, he's just so worthy. Like, uh, why? why is he worthy to you, Mel? Um, what makes him worth it? I don't know. I'm kind of in this thing where it's like just because he is who he is and when I let him be who he is, he is... 
so much more than the things that he is to me. Yeah. Like he's so much bigger than that. And yeah. it's like that is such a worthy. Yeah. He is, yeah. yeah. He's I, safe. Yeah. He's loving. He's powerful. Yeah. He's present. Yeah. He sees you. Yeah. yeah. He's worthy. Yeah. He is. He's worthy of our lives. There's no question. That's beautiful, man. Um, I was walking the dog this morning. I just felt him say to me, catch the things that I've done in your life. So it was an intentional thing to catch something. So if a ball's thrown to you, you have to see it first and then you've got to do the action to catch it. And he said, catch those things that I've done in your life. And you're thankful of the things that you see that I've done, but also be thankful of the things that you haven't seen me do. The things that you're unaware of, the things that behind the scenes that you don't even know what I'm doing in and around your life. Be thankful for those as well. Because there's so many things that he's doing that we don't even recognize. And so, you know, he is worthy of all our praise and our honor. Because he's our dad who takes care of us without us even knowing. you for what's on our periphery for what we can't quite see and focus but it's I got you oh you're working just beyond what just out here where I can't quite can't quite put words to it I can't quite see what it is but oh your hand is on my life you are in this and I, I see these four things but there's these 16 things that sit outside of my view God you're there you're working and you're not even demanding that I would see it or know it your character is such that you would just do it unseen. Yeah, that's, that's, if you guys, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, God's been um, sort of allowing me to see something very similar and it's um, about the fact that he is a shepherd. And I mean, shepherds in our day and age don't mean a whole lot, do they? But when you actually look into what a shepherd was uh, back in Jesus' day, you know, he... You know, and the and the scripture that says that he would leave the ninety nine to go after the the one. It's not that he doesn't care for the ninety nine, but he's actually so big and so powerful that he can do it all. Yeah. And but but that that one is super important to him. Um, yeah, and the fact that same as you guys, he I felt like God was telling me the same thing that he is doing so much behind the scenes that I'm unaware of, and I found myself being just thankful for that as well because yeah. I think sometimes when you feel like not a whole lot is going on that you can see just felt like God was saying I am just working just keep trusting and and when I look back on things I just go yeah I didn't see what you were doing but wow I can see it now and so just yeah just praising him for the fact that he's an amazing shepherd he sees us he sees every one of us and he's got it he's got everything back of that um I was journaling yesterday and I was kind of like very emotional because I was just grateful God has been like answering all my prayers lately like literally within a day like it's just been prayer after prayer and then received after received after received every little thing and I talked to him and I was like thank you thank you thank you father I'm so grateful like that you've just been coming through with every little detail everything you keep promising me like it there it does not fall short one bit like and I was just so grateful and then he just said to me anything for you my child and I was just like 
<laughs> and I'm just grateful to have a God that literally is my father and does literally anything for his children and will go beyond to go after the one and for me. Yesterday morning, as was feeling um, behind, in uh, he was involved in a worship night last night, and um, and so I think he left home at a bit before eight in the morning, and um, yeah, he was he was just feeling behind and like he hadn't done things and whatever. And um, but I, I said to him, oh, it's like with Camp No Fear that you know when um, it's just an attack. Like you know, it's it's going to be good because this is an attack. And um, and yeah, thought nothing of it from from there, and off he went. And then so even though I'd said that, um, I was just blown away. By, by last night and then like when we walked in because it was it started at seven and I walked in and um, people were sort of gathering from 6.30 and then when it all started at seven there was just a smattering of people and I'm like oh this is you know this is disappointing that there's hardly anyone here and then people just walked in and felt like within like minutes um, there was just a huge amount of people there, or a good amount of people there, and it just felt amazing. And it was just a wonderful night and just super special. And you could just, yeah, it just, it felt amazing. Um, and I just wanted to say that, like, even though I knew it was going to be good, because I knew, I could see it was definitely an attack on us in the morning. Um, even though I knew it was going to be good, like it was just beyond that, yeah. And that you can't can't put God in a box, and she just can't, yeah. Unboxable. Because I love him and I'm, he made us. Thank you, Arch. This is a good reason to praise him. He did. <coughs> he loves that you love him. Greg, I haven't got my phone on me or anything. I don't want to see you in the mix here. You got anything for us, Greg, from your end? Are you good? Can you hear us? Can you hear me? Yes. You good, Greg? I don't think he can hear me. Oh, <laughs> Man, I was talking too quiet. You got one for us, Greg? <laughs> oh, deep. Are you able to put him through? One sec, Greg. Sorry. We good? Maybe not. Hang on. Hang on. We give it a miss, Steve. We haven't got it. 
Oh, sorry, Greg. Deep hasn't got it. My bad. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Char charade it for us. Charade it for us. <laughs> wow, we love you, man. We love you. Yeah. I just, for me, it's just a, just this, I'm just so grateful for the stories God writes, you know, just for the, for the unexpected. Oh, we got it now? We got it now, Deep? Okay, try again, Greg. We got you back again. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, dude. We want to hear from you, man. What do you got? What's on your heart to praise for this morning? Oh. Maybe we don't. Hang on, man. We're going to try it one other way. Deep's, deep's, wow. deep's pivoting. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Last try. Last try. It's going to be good to hear from you. <laughs> there you go. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. I'll go with the echo. Um, I was just, just even this morning, just so grateful for how close he is constantly. No matter what, no matter where I find myself, no matter He's just always right there. Mm, this is a good thing. It's a good thing. I caught up to to Greg and Lisa this week, and yeah, I'm I'm grateful for the for the pressing you guys are rolling in. You know, it was just encouraging to hear the things that God's doing in your guys' world and in the people around you. And yeah, I think I think for me, it's a part of what I feel grateful for—a God that writes good stories and that we can trust each other's story to Him. You know, I look at Hannah and Crispy, you know, like kind of like the, the Ben and Hannah story is, is at its beginning. And it's like, what's this story going to be of two people who would give their lives to Jesus? You know, it's like, what? What about the Greg and Lisa story? What about the Martins? You know, and the, this New Zealand story, the track that they're on. What about Brad and Leela and Ella? You know, what is this story? You know, what, what is this story that's coming? And, and for each of us, you know, just, I would just say, God, we just, I just praise you that you write the best stories, that the truth of that verse that says, if we would lose our life for your sake, we would find it. That there is a story to be found in letting go. And I'm, a, I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, I'm overwhelmed by our worship this morning. This words you know I love you I love you I love you it's like God you're good God you're worthy God you're in the peripheral God you're the shepherd God you're coming for us we don't you don't leave us wondering we can come to you with these things God you're our father who loves us that's the truth of what we have it's like God you love us because because you made us this is the truth of what we find ourselves in we are your kids always want to bless you dad say you're the best Absolutely the best. Yeah. Let's worship, hey? Well, um, we had a beautiful time last week. Was it? Was it good to be in homes? It was nice to be in homes last week, wasn't it? Just to be in a house and a little different environment. I am. Um, I'm always, um, Kate, Kate texted 
on the way because she, I don't know, you had a spill or something on the way out the door or something. Yeah. Yeah. Kay always texts me if she's going to be late. She's just like, I love that about Kate. Not because she uh, needs to do that. I always tell her, don't, like, it's okay. Like, you don't have to, you know, feel like, like, you know, under some kind of pressure. But there's like, Kate has decided that this is her family. And so, like, if she's going to be late, she's, I don't mean to guilt anyone else, but <laughs> if she's going to be late, she's is like, hey, hey, this is a healthy hey, shame session. This is a healthy sh- No, I wasn't trying to, I was trying to highlight something about Kate. She cares. She cares enough to uh, to say. I think. I think I might be missed, and I think. Like I love that about her. Like she's. She expects to be missed. She expects to be missed. She's come to expect that, and I love that because we do miss you because we we love you. Like you're part of the family, and I think. Um, uh, I love that you've uh, found your way here, and the unique story of how you found your way to this family is is cool, and it's you, and it's. You know, a whole mix of things, but it's cool. And um, anyway, I love it. And then, and then Kate said to me when we were kind of deciding houses, I was going to try to save her the length of time she'd have to drive by going to Mount Martha. And she was like, "No, I'll come down. I want to come to you," which is always special for Carlan and I. We have a we love you. We think it's really special that you love to come to us. And so that's fun too. And so um, it was special. And then on Sunday. She texted me and said, I had a spill, and, and I'll be coming in 10 minutes late. And sure enough, it was 10 minutes on the dot. In comes Kate. And we're all in that first question, right? What was that first question? What, what is God doing in your life at the moment? Something, you know. What have you, you been thinking about? What, yeah. what, what have you been reflecting on? What's so that? Kate rolls in, and she sets her stuff down, and she runs in. And she says, <laughs> and she says to everybody, and this is how she moves, just like that. And she says to everyone, um, sorry, everyone. Like you know, and everyone's kind of quiet as she comes in, and everybody's reflecting on this deep, like question. And she's like, "What are we talking about?" And she comes and sits down. She looks at, and everyone's kind of like points at the TV, and she looks at the TV and she reads the question, and then boom, she just starts sharing. Like she knew it was her turn. And I just thought. I said, there's so many, there's so many pictures there of just like, she's at home, she's okay, she's safe. But also, what was so apparent to me is that God is moving in your heart and in your life. And there wasn't even a heart, like we're all sort of sitting there like pondering, considering deeply, like which, you know, reaching for something, you know, a little bit. And it's like, boom, it's right on the surface for you. And you just bang, you're just going. And I love that. And I love that because it hasn't al- it's not always the case with always. Like, that's not always. But, like, at the moment, it seems like that's where you are. And then later we were sharing. And um, you're just such a gift. And as she was sharing about the, the things that God is doing in you, and I'm going to let you do that here now. Um, but the things that God's doing in you is such an inspiration. And, um, and I just thought, oh, we better, we better capture a little more of that or get you to put some of those thoughts together because I think it's so cool what God's doing in you. So I'm not even going to try to take up that space or, or even try to dictate what that is, but I know God's doing some cool things in you. And Kate came in early this morning, and she's up in the office, and she's prepping herself because she's like, well, I'm ready. And so you just take the time that you want and give it to us because we'd love to hear what God's doing in you. So come, I'll give you a stool and a mic. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah.
Do you need any kind of a? No, this is great. Perfect. Oh, I might right, just, just put my phone on yeah, there. Yeah, pop your phone on there but, and sit. Oh, well, thank you. I will see it. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, Curtis just asked me to share a little bit about life at the moment, about the journey and about uni as well and where I'm at with that. And so I wanted to start by giving a little bit of context about where I have been for the past couple of years and also where I was when I first started coming here. Um, and it feels crazy to think about where I was two years ago because there was no, there wasn't a particular moment where everything changed and I expected there to be that. Like I think I've, I probably talk about it all the time and say, oh, you know, God's not just expecting us to just do a 180 and change and that's, I think I expected that of myself to just, you know, I was in this like sort of weird spot in my life and I was like, okay, when's when's the change coming? Like, when's that going to happen? And it's been so gradual, but also rapid. Um, but yeah, so for a little bit of context, um, I, yeah, I grew up in a Christian family, you know, went to a Christian school and that was great. And it was always, you know, my faith was always really important to me. Um, and then I finished school. That was fine. You know, COVID hit. Uh, I finished school in 2019, took a gap year 2020. Um, in that time, a lot of my friendships had changed. And in school, I think, because I went to a Christian school, it wasn't unusual to be a Christian. It wasn't super common, but it's still, I wasn't the minority. Um, and so I left school and it was quite different. I got into a different crowd, different group of friends. And I think they, you know, it was a group of people who weren't following God. They didn't know God. It wasn't on their mind. And so naturally, it's really hard when you're surrounded by, you know, people who don't know God all the time. And it's uh, not just hard because it is, but because it's it's hard to follow God when your friends aren't on the same page and you're, you know, you're not in an environment where God is talked about and things like that. Anyway, so that was fine. That was an adjustment. And I think I sort of put my faith on the back burner it was still something that was relatively important to me like I'd go home pray before bed you know go to sleep wake up pray and that'd be it it was pretty surface level um and so yeah I sort of started going down this uh pathway that was a little bit different from where I had been in school um anyway so I felt fine about that I was kind of you know struggling to like sort of find the balance between being a Christian and, you know, being with my friends and things like that. And then it hit me one day. I I was driving with one of my friends. We've been friends for like 15 years. Um, we were driving. She she has a little bit of faith, but she's it's not something that she's super passionate about. Anyway, so we were just driving. We go on just late night drives, go get dessert, go get food. That was great. We were just having a, a D&M and we were talking about how we were just reflecting on where we were at. So she had shared what, you know, what was going on in her head. I had shared about mine. Um, it was a great conversation. And then she said to me, yeah, I feel like you're doing really well at the moment. I feel like you've really found the balance between being a Christian and not. And I immediately, I was like, yes, nailed it. Like, that's, that's great. That's awesome. That's what I was after. I think, you know, I can still fit in with this crowd and I can still be a Christian as well. And she knows that. And that's great. So... I thought that was cool. And then 
I kept thinking about it for the rest of our drive. And then I went home, thought about it some more. The next day, thought about it. Thought about it for probably the next couple of weeks. And my perception of that comment changed because at first I was like, cool, this is, this is sick. You know, I've, I've made it. I've nailed it. And then I was like, wait a minute, that is not a compliment because I wasn't set apart. I wasn't standing out. And there was this... So the verse, Matthew five fourteen to 16, um, it says, You are the light of Christ to the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. And so this was a key verse for me. I think I discovered it around that time. And I went, whoa, I'm like, I have this light of God in me, but I'm putting it under a basket. And now I'm, you know, suddenly like blending in. That's really cool. Um, but no, it's not. I wasn't, you know, my friends probably didn't really think of me as a Christian. It wasn't really the main thing about me and it should be. Um, and so, yeah, with with that thought, I think that was something I felt really convicted by and um, that was a big, big moment for me. And I went, whoa, um, it's actually not my job to just blend in. It's my job to be set apart, to stand out and to walk with God um, and to show others what it's like to walk with God as well. Um, so that was kind of context of where I was at when I was heading into uni. Um, and uni has been a really big thing for me because it's it was such a change from school. So went to a Christian school, that was great, and then went into this course. So I didn't, I didn't really know what I wanted to do in year 12. And then I had this former uh, principal come up to me and say, hey, Kate, have you decided what you want to do after school yet? And I said, no, actually, I have no idea. And I was quite, quite a high achiever. I wanted to do well, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, and then she suggested this course to me, which was global studies. And she said, have you thought about this? And I said, no. And she said, look into it. So I did. And it was talking the sort of like synopsis of the course or like the little, you know, summary said that it was going to be a course that would take me into like the aid sector. So I would get to, you know, work in developing communities and, you know, change, change the world in my own way. And so that sounded great. And I thought, this is me. This is my course. So... I took, I didn't get into it first round, took a gap year, got into it again, uh, not again, I got into it. Um, but in my first year, I had been accepted into a business course, which I kind of wanted to do. It didn't tug at me as much, but I really liked business at the time. Anyway, so I felt like God was saying to me, do this global studies course. It's, it suits you, it'll be good. So I get into the course, first day, I was in my uh, leadership for social change class. 8am on a Wednesday. So I rock up to this class, I step in and with five minutes I just thought this is not me, like this is not me at all. Um, the degree is more, so it, you know the summary talked about how it was going to be uh, social change in developing communities and things like that but it's actually more about change in you know western countries and it's extremely political and uh, just a super progressive course um, and I just wasn't expecting it, especially coming from a Christian school. It's like, you know, going into this course, there's been several comments about, oh, you know, this is such a Christian belief and we don't like that. And, um, you know, if you're a conservative or a Christian, you're not, you, there's no place for you there. It's been made like very clear. So I was like, whoa, this is, I thought this was supposed to be like a really inclusive kind of thing. And it's just not. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I just really didn't feel like I had a place there and I found myself getting really 
angry. And I've only just just recently realized that that anger was coming from a place of fear because I was like, whoa, like these are my beliefs and I don't feel like I could even talk about that here. Um, and so I kind of kept quiet for a while and then, you know, absolutely hated the degree, thought about dropping out probably a hundred times. And I kept hearing this little voice that would say, just hang on, just hang on, like, just wait and see. And I was like, I was like, God, why am I here? I don't want to be here. I don't like this course. Um, it's not me. And the things I'm learning about, I don't feel like they, I don't feel like I'm being equipped for anything here, equipped for my future. So yeah, I just kept being encouraged. Just hang on, just wait. So I took the gap year, went to Canada. Oh, sorry, gap semester, um, went to Canada halfway through my course, came back. This semester, um, my subjects are, so I've got climate change, um, social change, politics of identity and the global rise of populism. So I was like, great, <laughs> these, these are going to be, this is going to be interesting. And this is like, I had taken my break and I was coming back to uni and I went, oh my goodness, I do not want to come back to this. And I'd absolutely yeah just really not liked the degree so far and so I came back this semester and I was like this is about to be horrific anyway so um I get there this has been my best semester yet I'm actually loving it it's really interesting um and I think my focus was on okay there's you know conservative people progressive people all of this like you know there's there is genuinely such a divide at uni and there's you know it's very exclusive in a sense but I really realised that my anger was not coming from a good place. It was coming from a place of fear. And I thought about what Jesus would do in this degree and there would be a place for him there. And if he was studying this degree with me, I don't think he'd be getting into his car after a social change class and raging and being so frustrated and angry. And I think he would be calm because he knows who he is in the Lord and his even if his you know, beliefs are being attacked by other people, it doesn't matter. Like, water off a duck's back. He wouldn't, you know, he'd just get on with it. And I think uh, that led me to realise I need to actually be gentle. And I always thought of gentleness as this concept of, like, uh, I think when I was younger, a lot of people said to me, Kate, you're too nice. Like, you know, you're, you know, don't be a pushover. You're being too nice and all of this. And that's what I thought gentleness was. But gentleness is actually strength under control. And so in this degree, it's like, wow, if I can be gentle, if I can still be strong in my beliefs and know what I believe and understand why other people believe what they believe, I can be gentle. And that's a way better representation of God than getting angry and raging and being really frustrated all the time. Um, and I've actually been able to have some really good discussions with people because of that, because God has given me this sense of, he's, he's filled that hole in me and he has made me feel like I've got a strong foundation going into uni. I have a place there. I, I can belong there, even if it's around people who don't share any of my beliefs, that's fine. Um, but yeah, there's been some really good conversations. Um, and yeah, so, I also, um, so for a quick bit of context, so my friend Elle, who I met in Canada on the camp that I was working on, um, she's from England, but just for my birthday this year, she sent me this T-shirt and it said, you are the salt of the earth. And I had always heard this verse and, you know, Elle and I had had really good conversations while we were in Canada and we were kind of walking in faith together. Um, and so she gave me this T-shirt. She shipped it over to me for my birthday this year. And 
it said you were the salt of the earth. I was like, wow, that's lovely, like a Bible verse on a t-shirt, I like that. I hadn't really thought anything of it until probably two days ago when my mum was talking about how salt is a preservative and I went, oh, interesting. I hadn't really understood that verse at all. And so I realised that this verse, you are the salt of the earth, which I will get up. Um, so Matthew 5.13, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, its strength and its quality, how can its saltness be restored? It is not good for anything any longer, but to be thrown out and trodden underfoot by men. And then that's when the um, you are the light of the world verse carries on. So really interesting. I thought, wow, what would it mean to be the salt at uni? And so I thought of it as preserving the kingdom of God. And so if I can go into uni and be gentle, control my strength and, you know, be a calm person following God, I can then be the salt and I can preserve his kingdom. Because if I'm at uni being that Christian who's raging and getting really angry, that's not a good look. And it's, it's not going to preserve his kingdom. It's not going to draw people to him. Um, so that's sort of what I've been reflecting on at the moment. And I think I'm really grateful that I ended up in this degree because if I had have been in that business degree, I would have blended in way too well. And sure, it would have been cruisy and fine, but going into this global studies degree, it was the shock of my life. But um, it has, yeah, it's been a really good opportunity to really realise where I stand with my faith and I think also just to remember, hey, it's actually really cool to be set apart and I, you know, I've actually made some really good friendships at uni because of that. So, yeah, it's been a journey. But um, I feel like I was talking to my brother the other day and we were saying how we feel like there's there's a change in the air at the moment. There's something, something going on and it seems like while there's a lot of people that are, you know, getting further away from God and that's that's hard to see. There's also a lot of people coming to God and um, I, I see that a bit at uni and I see that in other spaces and it's it's really cool. And um, yeah, it's really good to be here. And it's funny that you mentioned, Curtis, about uh, the, the crazy story of coming to this church because I was reflecting on that this morning as well. And I was like, how crazy to meet Ali at this random wedding and then end up here. And I I really feel like I've been so equipped to tackle uni and to tackle different things because of the things you guys have shared and um, that's, yeah, it's, it's changed my life. So, yeah, just wanted to share that. So, thank you guys. Yeah. Oh, it happens once a year. We clap. You got it. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. <laughs> Uh, I love the things you're sharing, Kate, and just, you know, what, what would you say, what would you say, you sort of, you sort of talked at the, at the beginning of what you're sharing around sort of this place that you found yourself with your mm -hmm. friend in the car, you know, mm -hmm. where you were sort of like, she was characterizing you as kind of like having landed there, you know, and, mm -hmm. and you were sort of like in your reflections on the back of it, you were like, wait, wait, this isn't where I want to be, you know, and, mm -hmm. and you shared the the basket and the light verse, like how would you contrast where you were then to, you know, where if, if you were in the car with your friend now and, and you were, you know, reflecting on where you find yourself or how you feel about uh, your faith disposition at this point, like how would you describe the difference between two years ago, Kate, and today, Kate? Mm. 
Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, I So I'm still really good friends with her. She's my best friend, you know, been friends for a long time now. She has – I've appreciated her feedback and it's really interesting because um, the other day we were on another drive and just getting food, doing our thing and she we were talking again, just reflecting, having a deep conversation and she said, yeah, like it's really good. You're, you're actually – you know, you're taking your faith more seriously than you ever have and you're really into it at the moment. I was like, ah, oh, that's nice. Like <laughs> nice to hear. It's, I'm liking the feedback. Um, but I think – she also, the, one of the things she always tells me is, Kate, stop being so guilty. You better stop overthinking these little things and being so guilty. And I think she hasn't been saying that as much. And I used to feel so much shame just around everything and just used to overthink. And, you know, because I think I was, I come from a very loud family. You might have, some of you might know. Um, I am probably the most quiet in my family. And, I was always like the nice one and like everyone used to tell me, oh, you're so nice, you're so nice. And then I, you know, left school and I was like, I'm not a nice person at all. Like I just I just had all these terrible thoughts being like, oh, you're such, such a mean person and, you know, because of the thoughts I was having and I just had a lot of shame around that and then also where I was at with my group of friends and things like that. I would say now I don't feel as much shame. I don't think it's, it's not a big part of my life and it's God has given me stability there and yeah, yeah I, I because I know him better now like I know he's not angry at me I think there was one time um James was talking and he was talking about how um God is a loving father and he doesn't just you know when you mess up he's not just like wow how could you do that you are awful like you know these are the thoughts I was having when I would mess up but he's actually he embraces you and he says it's just not what I would have wanted for you, you know, there, there are better things for you. And so, yeah, in a very long response, um, it's, I think, yeah, I know him better and I know that he's not just scolding me every time, but he actually has really, really cool plans for me. So, yeah. I think one of the things that represents what you just said is, is the piece that you talked about where you're reflecting on your unique class mm. and you were you're reflecting on sort of kate's response or kate's natural disposition towards the things you were learning or the things that you were taking on and then imagining jesus in this class with you like to be able to do that you, you have to have become familiar with jesus yeah. you know like yeah. the real jesus because the religious jesus doesn't have any problem when we just go off about this or that mm. you know it's like but once you come to really know who he is you know, I think I think that's evident in the story you told because you were began to imagine a transformation in your attitude towards your course because you started to imagine Jesus there with you, and I really loved what you said around, um, you know, gentleness, being a what? How did you put it? A, a not strength a strength under control. Strength under control. That's it. Yeah, I think that you know that there is this strength that's rising up in your awareness of who Jesus is and your desire to reflect him in that place. And, and it's, it's, it's not that you're uh, having to wash out the things you believe or the things you think to participate in this course, but you can still let a strength grow in who Christ is in your life and how he views these things, yet be a productive part of the course. I think, mm. yeah, that's a real achievement. And I think, um, yeah, that's, the, that's, you know, I think what a productive place for Kate's faith to be on this, in this frontline environment 
you know, and what courage it takes to show up and be you and still belong there. Yeah, that's that's a beautiful thing. So, yeah, thank you for sharing with us. Thank you. We're so grateful. Yeah. Yeah. On the back end of that, let's just let's just take a minute and jump into you know little threes or fours, littles. Like let's not let's not go bigs. Like literally the people beside you, kind of kind of thing. Let's go let's go little threes and fours and just just talk about this. Um, tension point of, you know, I think one of the ways you put it, Kate, was that there's a change of foot and, and people are leaving the faith. And there, there's a reason people are, are, are letting go of a Christian label to their life. Um, you know, being bright and being salty is becoming a more contentious uh, position to hold. You know, I think it's very common for us in that space to back off of, you know, back off of something overt and try and go covert, try and go, you know, like, like you were talking about in the car with your friend, you know, like, wow, you've done a really good job of remaining a Christian, but you let that get covert enough that the world has no problem with you. And, um, you know, I think that's a very relatable place to be, but I think there's a path of following that God's opening up for people who have come to know him, uh, that means, you know, maybe the covert version, you know, won't last. You know, I think, I think some of the changes that are afoot that you're talking about, um, you know, and I think, I think it gives us an opportunity for the real deal because without the real deal, uh, we will leave it behind. That's the truth. But anyways, let's, let's jump into some threes or fours and talk for a second about this idea of, you know, what, what does being the light, what does having the light and being the light look like in, in your world? You know, what's that, that tension between, oh, maybe where's the dimmer switch? Let's turn this down because what does it mean to actually let this shine? You know, what does it look like? What does it look like in your world or in your walk or in your day to shine? And where do you see that being evident or where do you see that being attention? Like Kate's reflected on uni was attention to be bright because it wasn't a popular view and it actually was in con conflict with what the professional professors were, you know, teaching and dictating, you know, what an extreme picture of it. Um, but I think for each of us, it's relatable. So yeah, what's, what's this, what's this idea of looking like letting the light turn up in our life look like, and where do we see that shining out? We'll just take like 10 minutes on that in just a little threes or fours. Right. Well, we might, might pull back in, wrap up the thought you're on. Hey, we're supposed to be talking about something other than that. Listen to the discussion. Oh, it's morphed. It's morphed. The light of the world is the bangs. All right. Well, let's let's turn our chairs back around. Right, we got one little quick thought, and then yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> well, Kate, I, I just, I really appreciate you sharing your journey. And, you know, I, it's like I was, I was saying in our group that I feel like I can find myself like relating so deeply to Kate sitting in the car with her friend and finding myself like, you know, so committed to my Christian walk, but 
so committed to being holistically palatable in all spaces, places, and environment, and and feeling like even even as Christian community, like we can we can that can become the ultimate goal. You know, like like you were saying, like you know, you took time to reflect on that and go, wait, is this a good thing? And you were like, actually, I'm not sure that I want to be known as anything other than Jesus girl. That's a really challenging idea. Like, like I want to live as Jesus kid, full stop, that's it. I'm like, yeah, I can find myself in my own world, in my own environment, and I don't face the challenge of your uni class, and I'm far more in control of most of the environments that I'm in, but I can still find myself like reaching for the dimmer switch to be palatable, to be uh, acceptable, to be, you know, and I think, wow, there's a really, there's a really great um, challenge in the mix. And, and it really, there's, there's two things that I've been thinking about this week. I'm sharing this super briefly, but um, I've been thinking, thinking the last two weeks about this idea of following, you know, and just the notion that sometimes I make following about the pathway to my end result. And I don't know, maybe you can, you know, maybe I'm following so that I can, so that my life can be established, so that I could be happy, so that I could be free, so that I could be successful, so that I could be reputable, so that I could be, you know, whatever, put, put your own like end objective in the mix of it. But sometimes my following is like, okay, well, I'm going to follow Jesus because he's good. He's going to be good. And he's going to deliver the good thing that I actually want when actually following is just the thing. Following is just the thing, you know? And, I, and some of what I hear and what you're saying, Kate, it is that it's like, it's like actually let, let's just, if he's leading me into a universe, uni course that I'm not loving, that I feel at odds with, that I feel at a, at a you know, disconnection from, it's like, but if I'm, if I'm following, I'm just going to take my seat in the class I'm going to let the power of my God work in my life to accomplish what he intends. I'm going to be his servant girl in this place, in this course. I'm going to let my life be the light and life of Jesus Christ in this place. If that serves him, I'm there. I'm following. That's the whole point. Not to get something, not to become something, not to get somewhere without demand, but just that the purposes of God could be served. I've availed myself. You know, when you think about it, when Jesus came to the disciples, which is kind of where we picked up this language, come, follow me, he says, whoever loses his life will find it. You know, this is strong language. These, the disciples had like something big to let go of so that they could commence their following. You know, they didn't go, okay, well, uh, you filled our nets with fish, so now we're going to follow as fishermen in our boats and you're going to give us an abundance of fish tomorrow, the same as you did today, and again the next day, and again the next day. And our following of you is going to make us the most abundant fishermen in the world. And we're going to have a, a thriving fishing business because we are the followers of Jesus Christ. Listen to what they did. They, they burnt the nets. We're not fishermen anymore. We're followers. That's the whole identity that I've taken up. I'm not trying to become a good fisherman by following Jesus. I'm just going to be a follower. You know, and I feel like I'm challenged by that, that this life could exist to follow after Jesus, not so that I can get somewhere, but just so that he could be served. Just so that, just so that he could have someone on his heels who was ready. 
you know, I think I'm so inspired, but so challenged by that idea, you know, let go, burn the net, Brad, let go, like just let whatever following leads to, you'll find one ready and willing here. Oh, that's a goal. Oh, that's a goal. Yeah. And I think it's my protection, you know, looping back to last week's message that I would take up that view because the nature of my God is only going to lead me down a path that's for me, ultimately, ultimately. As I free myself up to be so about him, this path you know, will be to the betterment of my family. It will be, there's no better road I could walk than following after him. He says, if you'll lose your life for my sake, you'll, what? you'll find it. There'll be life on that path. It's like a, trust me, it looks like you're giving up everything, but this path is going to be life to you. But you find that life not by going, get life to me, get life to me. We find it by letting go and saying, I am one who desires to follow. And I hear that in your story, Kate, and I'm inspired by it and, and encouraged by it. There's one other thing I've been thinking about. I'm going to just park out there and leave it. Is this, I, I heard this verse, I can't remember if it was in a podcast or where it was, and I can't even remember specifically what verse it is. Pick the one you like that it's in, you know, but in Acts, maybe let's go with the Acts one. There's a, a verse in Acts that says, you will be my witness. You will be my witnesses. I thought about that. It just, it's kind of like, it, you know, sometimes just a word just kind of like rings a bell and rings in you. And I was like, all right. Am I like a collector of news articles or am I a witness to the work of God? Am I just collecting up stories or knowledge? But where have I had firsthand witness of the reality of who my God is? Where in our lives is the witness? I saw, I experienced, I was there, I this, this is my story. My eyes saw it. My life was changed. My existence found the reality of the God that I'm talking about. When I read the scriptures, not every, not every story in the Bible goes, yes, that's, that's my front row seat. Some of it, I have to hold in faith and know of God. But I'll tell you what, I've got a stack of firsthand witnesses of the reality of God. And I, I, I say this not to go like, like, just think about it for a second and go, what have you witnessed? Okay, the authorities walk into this place and they go, who here has seen the work of God in their life? We need to hear from those people and we want your stories. And you go up and you take your turn to sit down at the table and tell the officer what your firsthand account of God is. What do you got? What do you got? You got something. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you do. But it's like, those are our powerful stories. You know, and it's like, I want to live a life that witnesses the reality of our God. I don't, I don't want to just know about him. I don't just want to read about him in books. I don't just hear about him in somebody else's podcast. I, I want a witness to, to, to the firsthand experience of the reality of my God. And I've got them. And the ones that I've got serve the faith for the next ones to come. You know, and it's like, okay, well, what does it take to be a witness of God? You got to follow him. You got to be with him. Otherwise, you're just hearing the story about the people who did. Somebody out there is following Jesus, I guarantee it, because you can find the inspiration everywhere. And when they tell you a firsthand story of the reality of God, it's inspiring, right? 
But, but hey, let's not hang back at the back of the pack here in the stories that come from the people that are with him. Let's, let's let the following of our life result in firsthand witness again and again and again and again. Hey, I saw him yesterday. I saw him this week. And you? I saw him. I was there. I was there. Of course I was there. He's in my home every day. He's in my home every day. There's no place I can't find him. He's in my car. You know why he's in my car? Because I invited him there. As I got in my car and I said, Jesus, come, cover this car with your presence and be here with me. Ooh, he's there. What would be my witness of that experience? What would be my witness of going, have this week, have my time, have my attention, have my family, have my decisions, have my future? We want these, we want firsthand stories, you know, and I think we have them and let them fuel our inspiration to be those who make our lives about following and serving God and let's be his witnesses. Oh, yes, he's real. You know, okay, I love that in your story that you're like, I became so familiar with him that I'm like, well, okay, Jesus is now with me in my course. You've got a witness to the presence of Jesus in the global studies course and how he would react and how he would respond. And it's changing you because you're watching him. And it's like, well, okay, let's, 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 live a, let's live a story that reaches for the firsthand witness. And, um, all right, I'm going to pray and we're going to worship. So, well, uh, yeah, Jesus, we're just so thankful for, for, what, for what we've seen with our own eyes, for what we've known in our own lives of the truth of you. You know, we, we are so inspired by the hundred million stories that exist out there. That's just because we know you. And we just, we just thank you for the witness we have that following you is a good road, that it's a place that we want to be, that you're a God who's worthy of our surrender and our sacrifice and our attention. I just ask you just raise up a fresh harvest of witnesses. Would you find in this room those who are witnessing the power of a God who's establishing, who's going before, who's providing, who's protecting, who's releasing, who's accomplishing, who's setting free. Jesus, let this be a room of witnesses. Let a flood of stories flow from here. This week, this week we ask Jesus, come and demonstrate yourself on behalf of your people that you would be glorified, that you would be served, that your kingdom would go forth. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Spirit of wisdom, open my eyes again. Spirit of revelation, open my heart. Spirit of wisdom, open my eyes again. Spirit of revelation, open my heart. Cause I
been sharing a few times, maybe even last week, I've been stuck in, in uh, some of the chronicles, <laughs> some of the kings. And um, what, um, what's really fascinating about the Word of God is that it, it shows us uh, the character of God. When you read those Old Testament stories, you start to catch on. Like, how, what is it that uh, pleases Him? What is it that honors Him? What's that worship, you know, the temple and the the dedication of things and um, as I'm, and I'm looking at it I'm just I'm just starting to catch the heart of God like like he just loves it like he just can't help himself when um, when a king would give him everything when a king would just would just lay down everything would just sacrifice or uh, clean up everything just any kind of like holistic holiness uh, pursuit and it didn't mean that guys got it perfect it was always just that they came they returned to the temple they uh, realized the error of their ways and they came back the anytime any anytime he he just like responds to that and i was even reading in chronicles like because solomon builds this incredible temple for him and then has this amazingly long prayer to God asking of God that he would not turn his face away from him from them that he would turn towards them and, and honor them and because of the outpouring of the people and and Solomon the Lord responds and says uh, if you would seek my if my people would seek my face I'll turn to them and I'll heal their land like it's just like it's is a and he he God writes as long a response as Solomon gives. Uh, it seems like it might have gone for a while. And um, it's just a powerful story about um, how we catch his ways. You know, when we when we when we read about uh, how God is, that's the power of the Word of God. That's the power of the story of the knowledge of who God is. Like it helps us gain the wisdom of how we can act now gives us wisdom it gives us access to his wisdom you know i'm reading about solomon it's like man he could have asked for anything god was pleased with him that he offered him anything and solomon was uh asked for wisdom and god said like best best choice ever so port is wisdom out on him and not only wisdom but any anything and everything else that Solomon was not asking for or requiring I think that's a powerful understanding God isn't some uh, vending machine that if we'll just ask for the right thing we'll get wealth like that's not really how that that's not the point of the story it's that God can't help himself when people righteously come and give up all of who they are give all of who they are like Solomon when he asked for that God's response was like when his whole nation took every piece of gold and article of whatever they had and from the reign of David and they brought it to the temple and they left it there it's like a whole nation went into poverty just to honor God at one place at one time you know and it's like man that was just so powerful to me. And I guess what the, the truth of it is and the encouragement of it is, is read his word. If we want to know who God is and what he's doing, get in there. Because then when you read his word, 
then you see the wisdom of God. You see how he, how he is, the person of God, how he acts. And then you start to notice that he's doing that again around you. He's acting like that still. It's still going on. And he begins to speak to you and show you. And then my story becomes that story, right? And that's when we become the witnesses to what he's doing. I just love it. So we would be people of the word. If we would be people of the word, then we would catch how he acts, not out of some religious sense of, I have to read my Bible every morning, but out of some sense of, I just want to know you. I just want to know what you're like. And it's written there. I can know what he's like. It's there. It's there for me to take, not as knowledge, but as like um, a relationship that would lead me to hearing his voice and that I might be a witness to the wonderful things he's doing around me in my life and the people around this. So blessed by that this morning, by our stories. I look around and I know we we got them. Um, I wish we could just stay all afternoon and share them, but we can. We can just share them. Don't be afraid to share them over lunch today. Yeah. Grateful just to worship with you and grateful just to be together. Hey, Father, we're, we are so glad that you came. Um, we, we know that's not even a, maybe theologically it's not even quite right. You were always here, but we're so glad that we have become aware of you, more aware of you. And we're so glad that you um, intensified um, and even found a way to um, to disrupt our plans that you might be glorified and honored and we just want to say uh, and give you permission to do that anytime um, no matter what kind of comfortable feeling that might give father we want to be open to um, what you're doing and we want our lives we want our mornings like this we want our gathering times and our times together to somehow serve you on this journey of following you now grateful grateful to have a story and grateful that a story um, has us walking together so yeah, bless our time together uh this afternoon bless our family who isn't here and we're unwell or recovering or traveling or far away father we just um we just ask that you'd unify our hearts together under this uh truth that we are followers on a journey and um that's enough that's enough mm, thanks father amen